Networks. Last week, we had a very powerful conversation on the glass ceiling about baby factories. You remember? Uh, we had uh, uh, baby factories in the news because three weeks ago, the Lagos State Police Command raided a chain of baby factories. So because it was in the headlines, we talked about them with two women who knew a lot about baby factories because they've done a lot of work to fight human trafficking. But before I play you some of the highlights from that conversation, let me remind you of what we're talking about here and why we're talking about it. First of all, The Glass Ceiling is a show that allows us to take a look at some of the invisible barriers that hold women back. I say invisible because just like glass, I mean, it's called a glass ceiling, right? Just like glass or a glass door or a glass window, you walk into the room and you can see the other side, you know, of um, uh, your destination. If you're looking through glass, you're seeing where you're headed to. Sometimes you don't realize that you're looking through glass because it looks so real. It looks like there's no barrier there. And what happens is that um, more often than not, you walk smack into the glass. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gone into an office and you were not paying attention? And sometimes they even say, watch out for the glass there. Sometimes they even say that, but you're not paying attention. And so smack you walk into it. Has that happened to you before? It happens quite a bit. And then, of course, that's what it's like for women. You know, all the time people are saying to women, oh, you can be this, you can be that, you can achieve that, you can achieve this. And a lot of the time they uh, try to achieve these things, but there are different obstacles in their way, just like that glass. They're trying to be... Uh, professionals they're trying to be happily married they're trying to be women who um, can have babies when they want or not have it, have babies when they want anything at all that they want to be there are different obstacles facing them now with baby factories it's a multiple problem baby factories are of course places where pregnant women are kept a lot of the time they're kept there against their will until they give birth the babies are then sold secretly. So when we talk about baby factories, we're talking about several crimes and several problems rolled into one. We're talking about the sale of babies. That's child trafficking. We're talking about the forgery and fraud that is needed to cover up the illegal adoption of those babies. And in some cases, we're talking about the murder of those babies for rituals. We're talking about the women who are held against their will in so many cases. We're talking about kidnapping and false imprisonment. Some of these women were also trafficked, by the way. So you see, we're talking about so many problems wrapped into one. Some of these women did not come to the baby factory willingly. They were lured there with lies and they were kept there by force. Some of these women were not pregnant when they got to the baby factories. Rather, they were raped with the intention of getting uh, them pregnant. So I wanted my guests to uh, talk to us last week about why this has become such a huge problem. Why baby factories 
continue to exist even though we're doing all we can to get them out of business. And here's what Victoria had to say about why baby factories thrive. Yeah, there are so many reasons. I, the last speaker has shared some of them, mm-hmm. the burden of infertility mm-hmm. that um, women face. Mm-hmm. And that burden, we need to unpack that burden. In that burden, there is stigma. In that burden, there is discrimination. Mm-hmm. In that burden, there is desperation and frustration. In that body, there is also psychological trauma, particularly when husbands threaten to marry another wife mm-hmm. or the mother-in-law is threatening to bring another younger wife that can bear children. It comes from different angles. Sometimes it comes from night remarks from peers, from mm-hmm. friends, from mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. You can't get admitted. You can't talk in the front of your fellow women like, you know, you join some women-only organizations mm-hmm. and the condition for entry is back. Hmm. So that burden leaves those or forces those women to explore very extreme options hmm. to have a child that they can call their own. Hmm. Hmm. So what do they do? They resort to baby factories. They resort to different kinds of things, adoption through the back door. Hmm. And there is also the second angle, which is the rough journey that unmarried girls face when they get pregnant, particularly unplanned pregnancies. Mm -hmm. In some parts of the country, like she mentioned Igbo, and I agree with her, and Igbo is still looked upon as sacrilegious, as Mm. a taboo for a child to have a child outside the wedlock. That child does not have as much right as other children born legitimately in their father's houses. I see. Those children, because they also face a lot of stigma. So because of that shame of having a child outside wedlock, mm-hmm. unmarried girls that get pregnant are also in the same situation with the in- women that don't have children. Mm. They have to explore very extreme options to cover up their shame, to hide the pregnancy, and to move on. Hmm. Then the last leg of that we need to look at it is the, the discrimination from the society as a whole. Hmm. The society here looks we are looking at the schools, the churches, even the legal system. Hmm. How does it happen in schools? When a girl gets pregnant, for instance, a, girl, a young girl in secondary school, she can get a spell That's right. for, being sec- for being pregnant in school. The boy continues his education. Hmm wherever he is, and even can even have the option to deny mm-hmm. the pregnancy mm-hmm. or the paternity of the child. Mm-hmm. The other one that comes from the church, I have seen churches that will not baptize children born out of wedlock. Huh. I have also seen the third angle comes from society not preparing for unplanned pregnancies. And these are things, these things are inevitable. Mm. That is why there's a lot of conversation around around abortion Mm. as a right. Mm. So abortion, is that a solution, is still very controversial. Mm -hmm. But why people even explore abortion in the first place is because the society does not prepare for unplanned pregnancies. Mm. It does not give most women the room for alternatives when they are pregnant. Mm. So that means that when a girl is unplanned, pregnant uh, at a young age, she's mm-hmm. thinking of how do I just get rid of the baby and continue with my life. Mm-hmm. But if the society has systems that enables you to have your child 
and continue as though nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. Majority of women will never even think of abortion as an option. The executive director of uh, Species for Change last week, uh, Mrs. Uh, Victoria Ibezimohiri, talking to me about uh, why uh, 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 um, uh, baby factories continue to thrive. Because I said to her last week that for any business to thrive, whether it's legal or illegal, there has to be both demand and supply, right? And I wanted us to look at both de- demand and supply. And last week we started with demand. And I asked her, uh, you know, who is patronizing these baby factories and why? I also asked my second guest, who is a nun. Uh, she was on the show uh, last week. She is with the uh, Sisters of Immaculate Heart. She's also a lecturer at the University of Benin, uh, teaching Nigerian and uh, African uh, uh, studies at the University of Benin. She wrote a paper that put her on my radar, and that's why we invited her on the glass ceiling last week. And when I asked her specifically, why these couples who want children? Because the couples are the reason the baby factories exist, Abby. So why don't they just go to an orphanage and legally adopt? Why? Yeah, you know, I, I touched this. Uh, I was talking earlier. Yeah. Um, yes, you can go to orphanage to adopt a child. But when the child, when you come in with the child, hmm. but the family, the family will discriminate, will not accept the child because it is not your own. The child is not your own baby, your own biological baby. So there is this discrimination. For instance, the child does not have access to the man's property upon that and so on and so forth. Hmm. Oh, yes, the man may now, the man, the father may, father may, may will, may give maybe some property to his will or something like that. Mm-hmm. But still, you see people contesting, you see members of the extended family contesting hmm. that particular uh, whatever that is given to the the, the, the the baby or the child mm. upon the man's death. Mm. So, for the fact that it's not your own biological child, mm-hmm. you are not accepted in most societies. Mm. And so, going to baby factory, the essence of going to baby factory is to hide the fact that that baby is not your own. Mm. So, you want to, for instance, when they are going to baby factories, when the women are going there to patronize such centers, before maybe nine months to the period, they go to that, that particular you know place. They are giving their place to hormonal you know, drugs that we get make them speech teachers of pregnant women. I see. So few few weeks to, uh, to nine months, maybe the gestation period. Mm-hmm. Of course, they will leave their family and get to that particular place, stay very close to the center, so that once. The, 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 the baby is out. They take the baby and they shall come back. So that by taking those communal drugs, you see the features of you know, pregnant women. Sometimes they say that even the husband may not even know that uh, you, are, you are doing all these things in disguise, that you are really not pregnant. Hmm. <laughs> so that is the thing. Is that the quest for biological child? The quest for a child that will give you footing in your own you know, family. Hmm. That is the reason why Adoption, legal adoption, adoption, legal adoption. Going to mm. to get your to, 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 to maybe adopt them mm. may not work. Mm. Victoria, are there other uh, uh, re- I had other questions for Victoria as well, and she tried as much as possible to answer them last week. But from what Sister Jacinta said to me. 
the stigma is the major reason people do not go uh, the legal route. Now, Victoria mentioned as well that also adopting in Nigeria, no be small thing. You know, it's it's a long, long process. But you have that that problem of the stigma, right? That one is cultural. And it is stronger in some cultures than in others. But it's generally from the idea that the blood tie between parent and child is critical. And it has to be passed down. Right? And then there's also the stigma of the origin of an adopted child. A lot of Nigerians believe that if the child's family or background were in order, the child will not be up for adoption. And so they must have, uh, 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 you know, you know the, the Nigerians have a concern about whether the child will be bringing any genetic or spiritual misfortune with her. And it brings me to the very first question that I want you to address for me when you call me. We've identified the stigma. We've identified where it comes from. What do you think we can do to combat it? In your culture, in your village, what is the, what is the attitude towards adoption? Would you be willing to stand up in a village meeting to support the rights of an adopted child? Would you be willing to stand up in your village meeting to put pressure on your community leaders to change the customs and rules regarding adoption. I want to hear your thoughts. 01277-0993. That's our number for uh, female callers only. 01277-0993. And then call me on 01277-1993-2993-3993-01277-1993-2993 and 3993. We've identified the stigma. We've identified where it comes from. What can we do to combat it? In your culture, in your village, what's the attitude towards adoption? Would you be willing to stand up in a village meeting to support the rights of an adopted child? Would you be willing to stand up in your village meeting to put pressure on your community leaders to change the customs and the rules regarding adoption? I wonder what Richard will say to me. Hello, Richard. Hi. Hi, welcome. Um... I think the main issue here is um, the lack of education, okay. enlightenment, formal or informal, as, as the case may be. That's what has driven people to such lengths to, you know, want to feign blood ties and all of that, going to baby factory, even when there is no tie at all, so that the community, the, the, the culture will accept, you know, what is not real so but if there is some level i'm an embryologist by the way okay. I'm, I'm into assisted conception okay and um, i've been i've been i've been in that field for like 18 20 years now okay no boss people still do not want to tell when they have an idf child it's it's that critical because of the level of um, education the culture influence and all of that hmm. you know so I, I still think that when people are enlightened some of this culture, like, you know, culture is not static. It, mm. it changes, you know. So if, if um, uh, education plays its role and people embrace some of this, uh, you know, you know, the fact that, okay, sometimes you might not be able to have your own biological child, mm. you know, and um, the community uh, accepts you and the child, things will begin to, you know, look, look better, you know. So I, I think education is key. 
very key. Very there key. Is, there, is thought, there is thought party conception mm-hmm. for people who do not have their own cabinet. There is surrogacy. There is all you know, manner of interventions, you know, that you could actually... Um, Instead of going to do the illegal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Richard, thank you so much for calling me. On WhatsApp, you can send me a WhatsApp message, by the way. WhatsApp is 0809-5975-805. EJ from Canada says, Sandra, apart from the reasons given by your guests for the patronage of baby factories, there's the mischief of government welfare staff. I basically, I, I personally know a lady who was ridiculed by the authorities responsible for adoption and she could not get a headway for over 10 years. It was when the wicked boss died that one of the junior staff called this my friend to come for a child. Yes, one of my guests, uh, mentioned, uh, Victoria, last week, she also mentioned that and mentioned that the processes need to become uh, easier. You know, the processes to legally adopt in Nigeria need to be made easier for uh, couples to be able to do this. Hello, thank you for calling me. What's your name? Yeah, sorry, oh, I didn't introduce myself before. My name is Christopher. Christopher, you're calling our female-only line, so call me back. Hello. Hello. Yes, thanks for calling. Yeah, Sandra, how are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon. Yeah, my name is Peter Monse. Yes, hello, Peter. From Shogulu. Okay. Um, Sandra, I want to strongly believe that um, there should be an enactment of a law to criminalize the discrimination against adopted child. Because when we are saying that some, some family members will discriminate against them, they don't allow them to have equal rights or to stand out among their equals, I think that's a very, very big barrier. So I'm looking for a situation whereby the government can make it a criminal offense for anybody to discriminate against an adopted child, number one. Uh, the other second one I wanted to talk about, you've mentioned it, hmm. relaxing those bottleneck protocols, whatever you know that can discourage Nigerians from adopting. Please let the government see to that. Relax them. And make sure that you make it very, very easy for people to adopt. And they will not go through hell before they adopt. Those are the two points I'm looking at that we can help us find solutions. Peter, thank you. thank you for calling to share your thoughts with me. Uh, Tunde says baby factories should be legalized. Tunde, what do you mean? Yes, I feel like it happens in, some, in other some clients. Some family factories should be legalized. For instance, prostitution, baby factories, they should be legalized. But it's the patronage. The patronage should be made a crime. And there should be stiff penalties for such. If there is no need, if there is no demand, there will be no product. Hmm. The reason why we have baby factories and it's becoming an embarrassment for us as a country mm-hmm. is because there's a demand for it. Hmm. Make demand illegal and those things will disappear. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for calling uh, Tunde to share your thoughts. We've got uh, somebody on uh, WhatsApp. Mayor from Ajaz says the reasons these baby factories exist is the same reason for other le- for other illegal processes. Uh, uh, cutting corners, corruption thrives in Nigeria because we don't like paperwork. 
and corruption causes elongating procedures for simple things. Nigerians don't like follow-ups too, since no child welfare agency will check them. It's easier and cheaper to buy these babies underground like black market, where they can do as they wish with their product. Another reason is the stigma attached to barrenness or childbirth issues. So having a child is a must, so to speak. Our cultures and traditions need reorientation. Lastly, these criminal merchants fortify themselves all round, so you can't even report to the authorities because they've been bought over, and you can be silenced by death threats. Most Nigerians prefer backdoors. Hmm. Another person says, Sandra, I've been listening to this program. I'm interested in getting the contact of the medical practitioner. I have tried some interventions, yet no result. He said that there are all manner of interventions. All right. So um, I'm going to try and get Richard's number across to you and uh, you can take the conversation off air. But I want to talk to you some more and we're going to do that after this break. You're listening to Hard Facts. This is The Glass Ceiling and The Glass Ceiling happens every Wednesday at 4. On The Glass Ceiling we talk about all the different barriers that hold women back. And today we're looking at baby factories because with baby factories, do you know who suffers the most? It's the women as well. So don't go away. Keep it right here. Nigeria Info.
This is the glass ceiling, the glass ceiling. on hard facts. hard facts. And today on the glass ceiling, we're continuing a conversation we started last week. We had a nun and an NGO executive talking to us about baby factories. But today it's you and I. I don't want I don't want any experts on the show. We've heard from the experts. They had their time last week. Today it's all about you. I want to hear from you. And last week. I asked you what you thought about adoption. I asked you that uh, if you couldn't have children naturally, would you accept adoption as an option? And I had a very, very interesting call last week. Adero called me. And here's what Adero said. Uh, uh, Sandra, my sister, uh, I am from Benue State. Mm-hmm. Uh, anti by tribe. Okay. Our culture does not accept adoption. Hmm. Yeah, personally, if I don't have a child, I will never adopt. Why? Hmm. What does not belong to me, I will never eat it. Hmm. I can't, you know, take someone's blood. Hmm. In my community, if I want to help, I will go to the village and pick up a child from either uh, my brother or my sister to assist to come and stay with me and I will sponsor that child. But for me to adopt, for me, I will never. And that was a guest last week on the show at uh, four. Every four, every uh, Wednesday, by the way, at four, that's when the glass ceiling comes your way. And I'd like you to pay attention to a lot of the conversations we have. They're very, very honest. Abbas in Mushin, what do you think about adoption, Abbas? Hi, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Tell me what you think about adoption. Personally, I support adoption. Okay. And I do plan to adopt myself. Um, I plan to have kids naturally and I plan to adopt. Okay. I believe there are already many, too many people in the world. And um, if more people were able to embrace the idea of adoption, hmm. being able to give someone a, um, a chance, then uh, it, it would be generally good for everybody. I mean, there's really nothing wrong with adoption in my own opinion. Hmm. But um, I understand that uh, in Nigeria, culturally, it might take some time hmm. before the stigma surrounding adoption will wear off. Will wear off. Yeah. But, but let me get your... Uh, turn your radio off. Okay, great. Let me get, l- l- let me get your thoughts on, on baby factories in general. What reasons do you think uh, people who want children go to baby factories? For the same reason that many callers have given hmm. before. Um, maybe it's the, the fear of uh, stigma that um, they can't have children of their own and all, all that. I think baby factories in Nigeria will continue because culturally we have that thing regarding a child that is not yours naturally. Mm. So um, if if we don't attack it legally, mm. maybe criminalizing it or, or that, and then it could also make um, the process of adoption easier. And then uh, you have to consider the fact that um, going to IVF is so expensive, expensive. and uh, surrogacy is it's really a far-fetched idea in this country. So, but but in a way, aren't baby factories surrogacy? Wouldn't it we? Is. Yeah, it in is. a way, that's what it is. That's what it is. Surrogacy. The reasons why a lot of people cannot conceive is um, partly because they really can't carry children. So surrogacy is basically baby factories. But um, if you don't regulate it and uh, kind of I don't know. Make it I don't um not in the baby factory way, but in a medical way. 
you can't have a kid, but someone can carry your child for you for a fee. Why not? Hmm. It it would um, go along with making the criminal practice. Reduced. All right, Abbas, thanks for calling to share your thoughts. Benny Nikeja says that uh, he thinks positively about adoption. What does that mean, Ben? If you cannot have your own children, would you adopt? Uh, good day, Sandra. Good afternoon. Okay, bless you. If you can't uh, have your own children, Ben, would you adopt? Clearly, it's, it's a capital yet. Okay. The, the, the point is, I wouldn't outrightly blame anybody because the stigma people attached to it and the knowledge of people from back then. But I think we ought to step up in our understanding and our, you know, we need to be vast in grabbing what God blessed us with, with pure knowledge. Unfortunately, Ben, your line isn't very clear, so you may need to call us back. But you know, all this talk about adoption brings me to another question that I have. Why are so many childless couples put under pressure to have a child? What is so wrong with being childless? Honest question. Why are so many childless couples, couples who do not have children, why are they put under so much pressure to have a child, to have children? What is wrong with being childless? Honestly, I want to hear from you. What is wrong with it? 01277 0-1277-1993 Oh one two seven seven two nine nine three and oh one two seven seven three nine nine three. I want to have an honest conversation with you, not what you think I want to hear. Very honest conversation. What is so wrong with being childless? Why are so many childless couples put under pressure to have a child? Ebere Nikeja, hello Ebere. Yes, uh, Sandra. Yes, welcome. Now I think it's one of the things that uh, civilization is bringing to us. Uh, previously, traditionally, hmm. if, a, if, a, if a couple couldn't conceive, mm-hmm. the cause is, uh, the cause is, you know, the cause is found out, and if it is from the woman, the man is encouraged to maybe marry a wife. Hmm. If, it's from the, if it is from the man, mm-hmm. then the man's brothers uh, approached to to help their brother in uh, getting the children from his wife. Hmm. In this in this way, the character of the family is kept in place, and you don't you don't uh, begin to see different things that crop up in families now that you need to say where is it coming from. Then. We know the family, we know the father, we know the mother, we know the... So whatever happens, has, happens within the circle of the family. So, but nowadays, the issue is that we may, not, we may not be able to do without civilization. If it comes with adoption, so be it. But those who have the willingness to, go, to still go through the traditional ways, 
can still do that. Those who want to go through the civilized method now can still do that. But it is better the family character, the, everything the a family is known by is reserved. Thank you, Sandra. I'm not sure I understand the point Ebera made. Maybe somebody can call and help me understand it. Ronke says it's a social mindset. Ronke is calling us from right here in Victoria Island. What do you mean social mindset, Ronke? Hi, Sandra. Hi. Yeah, um, you know, everybody just expects that, you know, as soon as you reach a certain age, you're working, the next thing is to get married. Okay, when you're married, you have start having kids. So one year, two years, three years down the line, people start asking you, you know, what's happening. And if it's something that you have not even been thinking of before, mm. you start getting pressured unconsciously. Like, uh, for example, when I had my second child, everybody was like, after two years, oh, when I get to have the next one and everything. And in a way, somehow, I started feeling somehow. Mm. But it takes a lot to tell yourself, you and your spouse, that if I can't have kids naturally, if I find out that I can't have kids, we can't have kids naturally, mm. what's the next step? Are we considering surrogacy? Mm. If there's an option for that, are we doing IVF? Are we adopting? I don't think we have reached that stage in Nigeria right now. Like, mm. I want to have, I want to have, like, four to five kids, okay. but I've reached a stage where I can't medically continue to have kids. Okay. And I am thinking about surrogacy. Okay. That's me and my husband now, oh. we're thinking about, you know, surrogacy. Doing surrogacy. But, you know, when, when we talk about it, people are like, ah, God forbid. Yes, you know. To carry your child for you. Uh-huh. You have to do it yourself. You have to give birth like Hebrew women. But, <laughs> but but here's the thing, uh, and that Hebrew women not even get me started on that. But but here, but here's the thing, Ronke. Why is the way I decide to have a child that I will nurture, I will raise the business of anybody else? That, that's what I'm saying. That it takes a lot for you to dissociate yourself from that thought. Mm-hmm. That having having a spouse. Mm-hmm. That thinks like you, number one. Mm-hmm. Then number two, you guys now sit down and decide. This is our circle. Nobody should tamper with this. Mm. How we want to do our things shouldn't be anybody's business. Because I really feel sad when I hear, like, um, we had a neighbor that didn't have kids for over 14 years. Okay. And she was open about it. She said she's going to adopt. Okay. And when she brought the, the baby home, our, we, we all fell in love with the, with the child. Aww. But why hearing whispers in the neighborhood that, can you imagine, she went to adopt, God forbid. So she cannot wait on God to give her child, children natural, but, naturally. But, but, but God, God gave her that them. child. That child yeah, she I'm adopted, God that, gave know, to her. Lot, a lot of people do not see that. A lot mm. of people do not, I would like to say, I, I don't know how to put it, I'm mentally and spiritually aware that God wants to bless you, but it might not come the way you want it to come or the way society expects it to come. Mm. Your child is your child, whether blood or not. A child that you adopt becomes your own mm-hmm. because there is a process of, you know, transferring that right of, of, of parenthood to you. I mean, I've heard that people say, if it's not your blood, your your blood your blood cannot betray you. Your this kind oh of. Oh my I said, gosh. That's the fact 
lied. <laughs> I have seen where children kill their parents. Yes, all the okay. time. All the time, Ronke. So what are we saying? Mm. It's not by God's grace, seriously. Thanks for calling me, Ronke. Let me talk to Shetan in Aja. Oh, unfortunately, Shetan's call has gone away. But it's a serious question I'm asking. And I think it's a question that we may carry over into an, another episode of The Glass Ceiling. Why is it compulsory to have children after you get married? Why? Why? Why are so many... Nigerian couples who are childless put under pressure to have a child. What is so wrong with being childless? What is wrong with getting married and saying, we don't want children. We just want to be with each other, love each other, be each other's friends, be each other's companion until we die. What is so wrong with that? Deji is in Igondo. Hello, Deji. Welcome. Uh, good evening, Sandra. Good evening. Yes. You are asking what is wrong with the couple being uh, without a child. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it is our community that our society that is creating this problem. Okay. When you are contracting a marriage, mm. the first thing in your mind is not because you want to have a child, because you love a, 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 the, the spouse. That's why you are contracting that marriage. Mm. Child in a marriage is a blessing from God. It is just an addition. Mm. So what stops? Why, why can't a couple stay without a child? In fact, that is the more reason why you now see people going for either adoption or uh, uh, patronizing the baby factories. Mm. If you can have that belief that, yes, I I am into this marriage because of this my spouse that I love. Mm -hmm. And let us go ahead with that and have that belief that probably along the line, a child can come in. And the issue of the stigmatization, Mm -hmm. it's another problem in that regard. Your family members want to look at you as uh, somebody who, you know. So if you can erase that from our mind mm. and put our trust in God for blessings into that marriage that we are contracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that personally, I absolutely see nothing wrong in being ch- in, a, in a couple not having a child having of their children. own. Mm. As, yes. Mm. Deji, thank you for calling to share your thoughts uh, with me. Juliet agrees with the last female caller. You agree with Ronke, Juliet? Yes, absolutely. Hello, Sandra. Hi, good evening. Uh, I think that last female speaker just was on point. Okay. Yes, it's absolutely annoying Mm -hmm. that uh, women in Nigeria are put under so much stress. Uh, These days, it will extend to the men. And uh, isn't it time that the concept of no children Mm -hmm. for couples, you know? Uh, You asked the question. Why is it absolutely necessary mm. for couples to have children? Yes. In Nigeria, it is because we don't have welfare, social welfare. Mm. Children are the pension plan, mm. the entire package. Mm. And so it's so heartbreaking. So, so children are the people who will take care of you when you're old. In your old age, yes. Mm. <laughs> What a huge burden we place on our children. Mm. When parents should be the ones taking care of their children, it is children we expect to take care of us when we grow old because they have a failed system. 
you know. But some people will say to you, Juliet, some people will say to you that we're talking like this because westernization have come, has come, civilization has come. In the old days, it is expected that when you, uh, when you are old enough, you have your children, and when you become old, the children take care of you. You have the children to go to the farm, you have the children to cook, you have the children to send on errands. Oh, sorry, Sandra, I hmm. have to cut in here. Hmm. What about couples who didn't have children in those times? Hmm. They have a form of adoption. It's so easy for us to embrace adoption and talk about it so easily. Somebody has to give birth to that child you want to adopt. True. You know, so at the end of the day, it's um, a catch-22. <laughs> you know, one doesn't know which way is best. Hmm. You want to, you go ahead and you have as many children you have. The economy is not friendly with many children in this day and age. So True. It, it is. It will be surprising if young couples tend to say, "Oh, I want to have only one child." Mm. But I think we are getting near the point where couples can make a conscious decision and say, "We don't have want to have any." Yeah, good luck to them. Juliet, thank yes, you for calling me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Rafiat, you know, Joe who wants to share a personal experience. What's his experience, Rafiat? Hello, I'm Sandra. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, so I have been married for like three years. Okay. And we don't have a child yet. Okay. At the initial stages, I didn't think it was so much of a big deal. Like, mm. oh, whenever it happens, it happens. Mm. But no, that's not the case. Like, the pressure comes from not just the husband's family, from your own family as well. True. And I had to just stand up to my mom one day and be like, see, in fact, it was so bad that it was even affecting the marriage that we had. Mm. Like, we, we basically were just seeing each other as, okay, let's just produce this baby so everybody can rest. Okay. And the love, I'm serious, the love started to, to die, hmm. especially from my own part, because I became very depressed and I wasn't talking about it. And I was taking out my frustration on my husband because I just felt, it's your fault. You're not telling them to stop talking to me because nobody is talking to you. Yeah. Everybody's just facing me. And it was so bad that I had to tell my mom off. I'm like, if you... Talk to me about this again. Just forget that you have a child somewhere. Mm. What did and she do? And that was my mom. Did she back off? Step back. Mm. Yes. Good. And that was when she was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I have no idea it is this bad. And I do not know that this much um, stress was on you. And I'm not going to do that again. But guess what? My husband's family haven't backed off. And it's not like they are doing it. in. They don't come to you. It's like they say, oh, how is it? What happened this month? Oh, it's okay, nothing has happened this month. All right, know what will happen. Mm. Ah, let's just continue praying. But don't worry, yo. don't think about it. And I'm mm. like, how? Good, good, God, God will do it for you. It. <laughs> like, you finish saying all of these things and then you end the story with don't think about it. Yeah. It's not possible. Uh, I'm definitely going to think about it. It's almost it. passive have, aggressive. Exactly. Mm. And I've spoken to my husband about it. I'm like, see, babe, let's be sincere. This is year three. We're going to year four. Mm. I've not given up hope. Mm -hmm. But my question is, if we never have a child, what is the backup plan? Mm. And then he says, babe, if we never have a child, we never have a child. We're going to be happy. I'm like, so Aww. no adoption, no surrogacy, no IVF. He's like, no, if, if, it, if it doesn't come naturally, we're just going to give love to other people. Aww. We don't have to physically have a child. And I'm like, okay. I'm trying to get this now because I want to know what the plan is. Yeah. But have you, so ha it, has he checked and he's not the problem? We have both done tests and we don't have any problem. Okay, so sometimes it's just difficult, you know? Babies are actually I mean, not that easy to make. <laughs> I didn't know that. People, 
actually think it's just easy. I it, mean, people it's really and not. Go, ah, why are you wasting time? No, it's really so, not that easy to the, make. The, the, the reason why people would go the baby factory way, honestly, is mm. because of this much amount of pressure. pressure. And it's not just pressure from from the husband's family. It's pressure from your, your own, own family. family. I'm mm-hmm. saying a constant monthly update. If you know what I mean by monthly update. I know update, now. It's a constant monthly update until I had to tell my mom off. And the funny thing is, it comes from the women in the family, not yeah. even the men. Yeah. I don't. My father has never picked up the phone to say hello, so how is this thing going? <laughs> so my how, do we, how, how do we get this that to thing. stop, Rafiat? How do we make it end? I... I think sometimes you just have to call them out. Like I did to my mom. I had to call my mom out. I had to speak, pick up the phone and tell her, hey, this, I, this is not going well for me. It's, it's affecting my marriage. And my husband at some point had to also do that to his mom. Hmm. It was terrible. They weren't speaking to each other for almost two weeks. Well, she'll be all right, last, last. She'll be here. And I didn't even know anything about it until she was calling me to ask me, oh, did you tell him, blah, blah. I'm just like, what's this about? For two weeks. Now, she has started again. And I'm trying to just <laughs> wait it out. When I get to my breaking point, I'm going to call her phone and say, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hold your mouth down. <laughs> right now, I am not at my breaking point. It yeah. is still, you know, I'm still holding it in. I'm not, yesterday, she still calls me. Hmm. Like, to, it's, it's always very passive. Oh, let's pray together. Oh, are you praying about this? Don't worry. Don't think about it. And I'm like, no, trust me, I know. I know. I know this what, situation. What is this about? <laughs> so honestly, that's why. And I think the adoption process in Nigeria also mm. is another bureaucracy. Yeah. I want to adopt a child, and then you. I'm very passionate. I'm ready, mm. and you. You have to go through this long process. process. Yeah. It is very, very tiring. And that's why people go through these options. If we don't make things simplified, if we don't make things easier on people, of course, people will always go the wrong way. Rafias, thank you so much for sharing your personal experience with me. Thank you. All right, bye. We've got Chini Nekeja wants to share his own personal experience. That's the last call we'll take. Chini, hi. Okay, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, I support adoption. 100%. Okay. Because I'm more than experienced. Okay. I've been married for nine years without an issue. Okay. I'm not like, getting agitated, you know, to becoming her. And also the idea of let us adopt. Okay. You understand? Okay. You know, my family initially wasn't in support of that. Mm. It was. So, but at the point, I have to convince her this is the best way to go for nine years, you know. And along the line, that's the real business with that. Mm. So, on the ninth year, I said, let's do IVF. We tried the IVF. This thing don't work. I was still on the course of doing adoption, making inquiries, taking online places, you know. But I finally said, that's why the IVF didn't work. The following year, my wife took him naturally. Hmm. Took him naturally. So he was like, it's like, I can't see this. I said, wow. Did the test, test came out, you know, positive. It's okay. We had the baby. Now my daughter is six years. Aww. Now she's pregnant again. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Again. Okay. okay, and the baby, the baby will come by January. So, and within that year, I was even thinking of doing adoption. It's still in my mind. Do you understand? Okay. I want to have, you know, most, the problem we have in Nigeria, because what, the, the women that say that uh, the welfare system, hmm. you know, like I have my own folks at home, I hmm. send money to them, mm-hmm. I take care of them, mm-hmm. I take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. So, it's like thinking of who takes care of you yeah. when you get me. Mm-hmm. You but, 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 but isn't that selfish? Isn't that a selfish reason to have children who will take care of me when I'm old? It's not selfish. Okay. Because I remember my father, when he was on his, on his youthful age, mm-hmm. he worked. 
now you get, you be old, you're 70 something, you know, it's no longer working. You know, it depends on his pension that doesn't come regularly. So mm. we send him support, we send him something. So I, I once I imagine it, you understand? Mm. So most times, it's out of pressure, separate pressure that makes people go for adoption. Mm-hmm. It might not be your own making, but when you look at things, you, you start to be proactive. If I'm in this position, I'm not be able to be active to walk around, make money, you know, mm. also for myself. Mm. At least my kids will be bringing those things for me and you send money to me. You understand? Mm. That's what I, I don't, it's, it's not selfish. Okay. It's just like it's a preventive mechanism. You know? <laughs> preventive <laughs> mechanism. Yeah. Thank you for calling me. Let's have that conversation next week, Wednesday, shall we? Next week, Wednesday at four. Let's talk about the pressure to procreate. Let's talk about the. The, the 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 idea of procreation who does it benefit really because you have all these pressures on women and how terrible it is for the mental health of the woman and then you have all these pressures that are not being sent in the direction of the men either who exactly are you procreating for yourself or the children you're bringing into the world next wednesday at four we'll have that conversation on the other side of five o'clock we'll talk about something sad cancers in children i'm sandra ezekwesili 99.3 nigeria info